Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. <coughs> you can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net where if you mouse over the link at top for original edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. Not helpful link. My name is Lemoyne Castle. And this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to about 9, or excuse me, from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 3, uh, Retraining the Mind, with uh, Section 6. Conflict and the Ego. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day. Lesson 32, I Have Invented the World I See. And uh, Brian is with us this morning. And we'll lead that remembrance near the top of the hour. Okay. Just go through the, what I have today for uh, people with us. I have for this in reading. I have Fran, Robin, Marie, Judy, Karen, and Donna with us in listening. I see Diana, Ida, and Harris. Is there anyone else who's joined who would like to say good morning and join either the reading one? Just listen. Good morning. Patricia here, listening. Thank you. Good morning, Patricia. Well... like an hour with this first sentence and just get started uh, <clears throat> today's section the title seems a little, a little off to talk about, but I think we're going to undercut conflict when go here so I'll go ahead and get it started with uh, chapter three you're really Pardon? scratchy. Excuse me, you're really scratchy um, coming in and out. Okay. Is that true for anyone else? or? It would Not be me. wonderful. Sounds okay. Because... Okay, yeah, it's 
because you were scratching. I could hardly understand you. I think it might be your connection, Judy. But I don't know. So I will continue. Could be. I'll call back back in. We're a second to get that started. Okay, uh, chapter three, retraining the mind. (laughs) And section six, conflict in the ego. And paragraph 38. The soul knows, loves, and creates. These are its unequivocal function. The abilities man now possesses are only shadows of his real strength. All of his functions are equivocal and open to question or doubt. This is because he is not certain how he will use them. He is therefore incapable of knowledge being uncertain. He is also incapable of knowledge because he can perceive lovelessness. He cannot create surely because his perceptions deceive and illusions are not sure. Perception did not exist until the separation had introduced degrees, aspects, and intervals. The soul has no levels and all conflict arises from the concept of love. Wars arise where some regard others as if they were on a different level. All interpersonal conflicts arise from this balance. Only the levels of the Trinity are capable of unity. The levels which man created by the separation cannot but conflict. This is because they are essentially meaningless to each other. Brant. Some parts of my book is different than yours. I just checked. I've still got the um, original edition, but I'll read it, but it's not coming out the same. Anyway. Section 6, Conflict and the Ego, Paragraph 38. The abilities man now possesses are only shadows of his real strength. All of his functions are equivocal and open to question or doubt. This is because he is not certain how he will use them. He is therefore incapable of knowledge, being uncertain. He is also incapable of knowledge because he can perceive lovelessly. He cannot create surely because his perception deceives. Perception did not exist until the separation had introduced degrees, aspects, and intervals. The soul has no levels, and all conflict arises from the concept of levels. Only the levels of the Trinity are capable of unity. The levels which man created by the separation cannot but conflict. This is because they are essentially meaningless to each other. 39. Freud realized this perfectly, and that is why he conceived the different levels in his view of the psychic as forever irreconcilable. They were conflict-prone by definition, because they wanted different things and obeyed different principles. 
In our picture of the psychic, there is an unconscious level which properly consists only of the miracle ability and which should be under my direction. There is also a conscious level which perceives or is aware of impulses from both the unconscious and the superconscious. Consciousness is thus the level of perception, but not of knowledge. Again, to perceive is not to know. Thank you, friend. uh, Robin Marie. Yes. 39. Freud realized this perfectly. And that is why he conceived the different levels in his view of the psyche as forever irreconcilable. They were conflict-prone by definition because they wanted different things and obeyed different principles. In our picture of the psyche, there is an unconscious level which properly consists only of the miracle ability and which should be under my direction. There is also a conscious level which perceives or is aware of impulses from both the unconscious and the superconscious. Consciousness is thus the level of perception, but not of knowledge. Again, to perceive is not to know. 40. Consciousness was the first split that man introduced into himself. He became a a perceiver rather than a creator in the true sense. Consciousness is correctly identified as the domain of the ego. The ego is a man-made attempt to perceive himself as he wished to be rather than as he is. This is an example of the created creator confusion we have spoken of before. Yet man can only know himself as he is because that is all he can be sure of. Everything else is open to question. Uh, thank you, Robin Murray. <coughs> Judy. Yes, here I am. Um, 39, 39 and 40? 40, 40, and 40 and 41. Yeah. Thank you. Consciousness, consciousness was the first split that man introduced into himself. He became a perceiver rather than a creator in the true sense. Consciousness is correctly identified as the domain of the ego. The ego is a man-made attempt to, excuse me, to perceive himself as he wished to be rather than as he is. This is an example of the created creator confusion we have spoken of before, yet man can only know himself as he is because that is all he can be sure of. Everything else is open to question. The ego is the questioning compartment in the post-separation psyche, which man created for himself. It is capable of asking valid questions but not 
of perceiving valid answers. Perceiving valid answers because these are cognitive and cannot be perceived. The endless speculation about the meaning of the mind has led to considerable confusion because the mind is confused. Only one-mindedness is without confusion. A separated or divided mind must be confused. It is uncertain by definition. It has to be in conflict because it is out of accord with itself. Ooh, this is good stuff. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Judith and uh, Karen. 41. The ego is the questioning compartment in the post-separation psyche which man created for himself. It is capable of asking valid questions but not of perceiving valid answers because they are cognitive and cannot be perceived. The endless speculation about the meaning of mind has led to considerable confusion because the mind is confused. Only one-mindedness is without confusion. A separated or divided mind must be confused. It is uncertain by definition. It has to be in conflict because it is out of accord with itself. 42. Intrapersonal conflict arises from the same basis as interpersonal conflict. One part of the psyche perceives another part as on a different level and does not understand it. This makes the parts strangers to each other without recognition. This is the essence of the fear-prone condition in which attack is always possible. Man has every reason to feel afraid as he perceives himself. This is why he cannot escape from fear until he knows that he did not and could not create himself. He can never make his misperceptions valid. His creation is beyond his own error, and that is why he must eventually choose to heal the separation. Thank you, Karen. Donna. 42. Intrapersonal conflict arises from the same basis as interpersonal conflict. One part of the psyche receives another part as on a different level and does not understand it. This makes the parts strangers to each other without recognition. This is the essence of the fear-prone condition in which attack is always possible. Man has every reason to feel afraid as he perceives himself. This is why he cannot escape from fear until he knows that he did not and could not create himself. He can never make this misperceptions 
he can never make his misperceptions valid. His creation is beyond his own error, and that is why he must eventually choose to heal the separation. 43. Right-mindedness is not to be confused with the knowing mind because it is applicable only to right perception. You can be right-minded or wrong-minded, and even this is subject to degrees, a fact which clearly demonstrates a lack of association with knowledge. The term, quote, right-mindedness, end quote, is properly understood as the correction for the, quote, wrong-minded, end quote, and applies to the state of mind which induces accurate perception. It is miraculous because it heals misperception. And this is indeed a miracle in view of how man perceives himself. Thank you, Donna. And is there a new reader for... 43 and 44. I can do it, Lemoyne. It's Jessica. Thank you, Jessica. Um, (laughs) Thank you. 43. Right-mindedness is not to be confused with the knowing mind because it is applicable only to right perception. You can be right-minded or wrong-minded. And even this is subject to degrees, a fact which clearly demonstrates a lack of association with the knowledge. The term, quote, right-mindedness is properly used as the correction for, quote, wrong-mindedness and applies to the state of mind which induces accurate perception. It is miraculous because it heals perception. And this is indeed a miracle in view of how man perceives himself. 44. Perception always involves some misuse of will because it involves the mind in areas of uncertainty. The mind is very active because it has willpower. When it willed the separation, it willed to perceive. Until until then, it willed only to know. Afterwards, it willed ambiguously. And the only way out of ambiguity is clear perception. The mind returns to its proper function only when it wills to know. This places it in the soul's service, where perception is meaningless. The superconscious is the level of the mind which wills this. Thank you, Jessica. And is there another new reader for 44 and 45? Good morning. This is Kristen. I'm available to read. Great. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you. Can you hear me all right? Okay, thank you. 44. Perception always involves some misuse of will 
because it involves the mind in areas of uncertainty. The mind is very active because it has willpower. When it willed the separation, it willed to perceive. Until then, it willed only to know. Afterwards, it willed ambiguously, and the only way out of ambiguity is clear perception. The mind returns to its proper function only when it wills to know. This places it in the soul service, that's capital S, soul, where perception is meaningless. The superconscious is the level of the mind which wills it. Conscious. Superconscious? Okay. 45. The mind chose to divide itself when it willed to create both its own levels and the ability to perceive, but it could not entirely separate itself from the capital S soul because it is from the capital S soul that it derives its full power to create. Even in miscreation, will is affirming its capital S source or it would merely cease to be. I need to read that again, please. Even in miscreation, will is affirming its capital S source, or it would merely cease to be. This is impossible because it is part of the capital S soul which God created and which is therefore eternal. Thank you for letting me read. Thank you for reading, Kristen. And is there another new reader for 45 and 46? Yes, this is Mindy. I would love to. Please go ahead. 45. The mind chose to divide itself when it willed it to create both its own levels and the ability to perceive. But it could not entirely separate itself from the soul because it is from the soul that it derives its whole power to create. Even in miscreation, will is affirming its source, or it would merely cease to be. This is impossible because it is part of the soul which God created and which is therefore eternal. 46. The ability to perceive made the body possible because you must perceive something and with something. This is why perception involves an exchange or translation, which knowledge does not need. The interpretive function of perception, actually a distorted form of creation, then permitted man to interpret the body as himself, which, though depressing, was an attempt to escape from the conflict he had induced this Oh, excuse me, it was an attempt to escape from the conflict he had induced. The superconscious which knows could not be reconciled with this loss of power because it is incapable of darkness. This is why it became almost inaccessible to the mind and entirely inaccessible to the body. Thank you, Mindy. And is there another new reader for 46 and 47? 
I can read Le Moyne, Lana. Uh, thank you, Lana. Forty-six. The ability to perceive made the body possible because you must perceive something and with something. This is why perception involves an exchange or translation, which knowledge does not need. The interpretive function of perception, actually a distorted form of creation, then permitted man to interpret the body as himself, which, though depressing, was an attempt to escape from the conflict he had induced. The superconscious, which knows, could not be reconciled with the loss of power because it is incapable of darkness. This is why it became almost inaccessible to the mind and entirely inaccessible to the body. 47. Therefore, the superconsciousness the conscious was perceived as a threat because light does abolish darkness merely by establishing the fact that it is not there. The truth will always overcome error in this sense. This is not an active process of destruction at all. We have already emphasized that knowledge does not do anything. It can be perceived as an attacker, but it cannot attack. What man perceives as its attack is merely his own big recognition of the fact that it can always be remembered, never having been destroyed. Thank you, Lana. And uh, one more time, is there another new reader for 47 and 48? Another new reader, 47 and 48. Okay, back to you, friend. 47. Thereafter, the superconscious was perceived as a threat because light does abolish darkness merely by establishing the fact that it is not there. The truth will always overcome error in this sense. This is not an active process of destruction at all. We have already emphasized that knowledge does not do anything. It can be perceived as an attacker, but it cannot attack. What man perceives as its attack is merely its own vague recognition of the fact that it can always be remembered, never having been destroyed. 48. God and the souls he created remain in surety and therefore know that no miscreation exists. Truth cannot deal with unwilling error because it does not will to be blocked out. I was a man who remembered the soul and its knowledge. And as a man, I did not attempt to counteract error with knowledge so much as to correct error from the bottom up. 
I demonstrated both the powerlessness of the body and the power of the mind. By uniting my will with that of my creator, I naturally remembered the soul and its own real purpose. Thank you, Brian. And Robin Marie. God and the souls he created remain in surety and therefore know that no miscreation exists. Truth cannot deal with unwilling error because it does not will to be blocked out. I was a man who remembered the soul and its knowledge. And as a man, I did not attempt to counteract error with knowledge so much as to correct error from the bottom up. I demonstrated both the powerlessness of the body and the power of the mind by uniting my will with that of my creator. I naturally remembered the soul and its own real purpose. 49. I cannot unite your will with God's for you but I can erase all misperceptions from your mind if you will bring it under my guidance. Only your misperceptions stand in your own way. Without them, your choice is certain. Sane perception induces sane choosing. The atonement was an act based on true perception. I cannot choose for you, but I can help you make your own right choice. Quote, Many are called, but few are chosen, unquote, should read, quote, All are called, but few choose to listen. Therefore, they do not choose right, unquote. Well, thank you, Robin Marie and Judy. Relaxing. Where are we? (laughs) Forty forty nine and fifty. Forty nine. Forty nine. Here I go. I cannot unite your will with God's for you, but I can erase all misperceptions from your mind if you will bring it under my guidance. Only your misperceptions stand in your own way. Without them, your choice is certain. Sane perception induces sane choosing. The atonement was an act based on true perception. I cannot choose for you, but I can help you Make your own right choice. Many are called, but few are chosen. Should read. All are called, but few choose to listen. Therefore, they do not choose right. The chosen ones are merely those who choose right sooner. This is the real meaning of the celestial speed-up. Hooray! (laughs) Strong wills can do this now 
and you will find rest for your souls. God knows you only in peace. And this is your reality. Amen. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Judy. And Karen. The quote, chosen ones, unquote, are merely those who choose right sooner. This is the real meaning of the celestial speed up. Strong wills can do this now, and you will find rest for your souls. God knows you only in peace, and this is your reality. Um, thank you, Karen. And um, okay, I'm not either here. Uh, Donna, would you like to repeat uh, fifty? Fifty. The chosen, the quote, chosen ones, end quote, are merely those who choose right sooner. This is the real meaning of the celestial speed-up. Strong wills can do this now, and you will find rest for your souls. God knows you only in peace, and this is your reality. Thank you, Donna. Anyone else want to repeat 50? <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, I'll try to attempt to summarize this uh, section. <laughs> section 6. And uh, I'm not going to dwell on it now. Uh, maybe after the lesson this call. <clears throat> talk about the the different sentence that, sentences that Fran did not have, including the first pair of sentences. The soul knows, loves, and creates. These are its unequivocal functions. The abilities man now possesses are only shadows of real strength. All of his functions are equivocal and open to question or doubt. This is because he is not certain how he will use them. He is therefore incapable of knowledge, being uncertain. <clears throat> and from... Well, let me continue first paragraph. He's also incapable of knowledge because he can perceive loveless. Man cannot create surely because his perception deceives. And he added that and illusions are not sure. Perception did not exist until the separation had introduced degrees, aspects, and intervals. The soul 
has no level. And all conflict arises from the concept of level. The levels which man created by the separation cannot but conflict. This is because they are essentially meaningless to each other. In 39, consciousness is thus the level of perception, but not of knowledge. Again, to perceive is not to know. Of 40, consciousness was the first split that man introduced into himself. He became a perceiver rather than a creator in the true sense. Consciousness is correctly identified as the domain of the ego. The ego is a man-made attempt to perceive himself as he wished to be rather than as he is. This is an example of the created creator confusion or the authority problem that we have spoken of before. <clears throat> Yet man can only know himself as he is because that is all he can be sure of. Everything else is open to question. In 41, the ego is the questioning compartment in the post-separation psyche which man created for himself. The endless speculation about the meaning of mind has led to considerable confusion because the mind is confused. Only one-mindedness is without confusion. A separated or divided mind must be confused. It is uncertain by definition. It has to be in conflict because it's out of accord with itself. Well, 43, right-mindedness is not to be confused with the knowing mind because it is applicable only to right perception. You can be right-minded or wrong-minded, and even this is subject to degrees, a fact which clearly demonstrates a lack of association with knowledge. The term right-mindedness is properly used as the correction for wrong-mindedness and applies to the state of mind which induces accurate perception. It is miraculous because it heals misperception. And this is indeed a miracle in view of how man perceives himself. 44. Perception always involves some misuse of will because it involves the mind in areas of uncertainty. When it willed the separation, the mind willed per to perceive. Until then, it willed only to know. <clears throat> Afterward, it willed ambiguously, and the only way out of ambiguity, after, okay, when it willed the separation, it willed to perceive. Until then, it willed only to know. Afterward, it willed ambiguity, and the only way out of ambiguity is clear perception. The mind returns to its proper function only when it wills to know. This places it in the soul service 
where perception is meaning. The superconscious is the level of mind which wills it. The mind chose to divide itself when it willed to create both its own level and the ability to perceive, but it could not entirely separate itself from the soul because it is from the soul that it derives its whole power to create. I'm going to add brackets this mess. <laughs> anyway, even in miscreation, will is affirming its source, or it would merely cease to be. But this is impossible because it is part of the soul which God created and which is therefore eternal. the hour. The ability to perceive made the body possible. The interpretive function of perception, actually a distorted form of creation, then permitted man to interpret the body as himself. The superconscious, which knows, could not be reconciled with this loss of power. This is why it became almost inaccessible to the mind, entirely inaccessible. to uh, 40 steps. And thereafter, the superconscious was perceived as a threat because light does abolish darkness. The truth will always overcome error and sense. This is not an active process of destruction at all. I've already emphasized that knowledge does not do anything. It can be perceived as an attacker but it cannot attack. What man perceives that knowledge is attack is merely his own vague recognition of the fact that it can always be remembered, never have God and the souls he created remain in surety and therefore know that no miscreation exists. Jesus was a man who remembered the soul and its knowledge, and as a man, he did not attempt to counteract error with knowledge, so much as to correct error from the bottom up. He demonstrated both the powerlessness of the body and the power of the mind. By uniting the will with the Creator, we naturally remember the soul and its own real purpose. Only your misperceptions stand in your own way. Without them, your choice is certain. The atonement was an act based on true perception. I cannot choose for you, but I can help you make you your own right choice. I cannot choose for you, but I can help you make your own right choice. Many are called, but few are cho- chosen, should read. All are called, all are chosen, but few choose to listen. Therefore, they do not choose right. The chosen ones are merely those who choose right to 
consumer. This is the real meaning of freedom. Strong wills can do this now, and you will find rest for your soul. God knows you only in peace, and this is your reality. There you go. And uh, if I may, I'd like to turn to France which aligns with all this living in consciousness and perception. Lesson 32, I have invented the world I see. You were cutting out a little bit on my line. It, it, it's my turn now, right? <laughs> Yep. That's what yep. You meant. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the first part of the workbook, and we are on lesson 32. I have invented the world I see. So I shall read some from the lesson. Today, we are continuing to develop the theme of cause and effect. If you are not the victim of the world you see, because you invented it. You can give it up as easily as you made it up. The idea for today, like the preceding ones, applies to your inner and outer worlds, which are actually the same. However, since you see them as different, the practice periods for today will again include two phases, one involving the world you see outside you, and the other the world you see in your mind. In today's exercises, try to introduce the thought that both are in your own imagination. Again, we will begin the practice periods for the morning and evening by repeating the idea for today two or three times while looking around at the world you see as outside yourself. Then close your eyes and look around your inner world. For the two longer practice periods, three to five minutes are recommended, with not less than three required. More than five can be utilized if you find the exercises restful. These exercises are also to be continued during the day as often as possible. The idea for today should also be applied immediately to any situation which may distress you. Apply the idea by telling yourself, I have invented this situation as I see it. So we'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 32, I have invented the world I see.
Today, we are continuing to develop the theme of cause and effect. You are not the victim of the world you see because you invented it. You can give it up as easily as you made it up. Lesson 32, I have invented the world I see. Amen. Thanks, Fran. Welcome. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Did anybody else have about 45 seconds of silence from the first sentence you said to the last? I missed all of it. <laughs> hmm. Wonder why I invented it that way today. I'm complete with Cindy. Thank you. Good morning. It's Karen. I have a few thoughts about this. I've invented the world I see. Um, I've invented the world I see leads me back to the reading and the discussion of ambiguity and perception. Um, Perception is based on interpretation. And the ego is ambiguous. It interprets all over the place in chaos and not necessarily right-mindedly. And I have invented the world I see because everything I perceive, I interpret with my ego mind. When, I'm in, when I've given my mind over to the Holy Spirit, then I have right perception, which will lead me eventually to a state beyond perception, which would be knowledge. Um, but... I have invented the world I see when I'm in ego mind because I attach the meaning. I tell myself the story of what this means or some shadow figures or some uh, habit energy or some emotional um, distorted residue from the past comes forward. Well, it looks like it could be easy enough um, with your... Trimmer to trim down. Maybe I just don't have any way to dispose of it. Um, oh, you cut it down and you... Okay. I was going to tell her that she... Diana, you're not muted. Anyway, I guess that's my cutoff. Um, no, no, please the, go ahead. The re- Sorry, I, I missed my attempt. The reason that I've invented the world I see is because the ego mind is projecting an interpretation of falsehood based on habit energy, based on the past, based on shadow figures, based on unhealed and unforgiven material and and all kinds of associations. Everything is an interpretation unless I'm in alignment to the Holy Spirit unless I give it over to the Holy Spirit to interpret for me I'm living in this false state of inventing imagining hallucinating projecting 
the world I see. I think that's what it means, at least right now in my in my <laughs> ability to understand the course. This is where I'm at. Thank you. I'm complete. Thanks, Karen. That was clear. It was excellent. Thank you, Thank Karen. You. Yeah, I think the um, the hi, good morning, everybody. That the the, um, the text that we read this morning, and to couple it with this lesson, is um, really clear clarifies a lot for me. And in and having studied it and contemplating it and seeing that all perception is a block to knowledge, that thinking. Um, takes time, and that's um, the intervals that the text refers to, that perception divided the totality of our knowing, our knowledge, into segments and fragments. So all thoughts are fragments that take time, intervals, and a hierarchy of orders and levels and differences and distinctions. So just to, you know, put it all in one bag and to say that our consciousness, our thinking consciousness, level of perception is where we make the choice, a mindful choice of who and what we think we are. And ergo, I can choose to see my mind as one mind with God's. And this is how I'm restored to sanity. Because the ego's way of thinking and perceiving is drives people to insanity. The result is the world that arose from this. Um, degrees and distinctions and differences and conflicts, personal interests. And um, so to see the, the one in contrast to the other um, in the lesson today, that all my thoughts are images that I project onto the world, that I invent the world by my thinking. I am a co-creator with God. That is the power of our minds. But it, it doesn't happen by one mind, you know, one personal mind. It's happening with all of our minds together. So we not only have our personal interpretations, but we have groups of interpretations which align in accord with their own group personal interests and, and therefore in conflict with other groups, nations, races, you know, different, all sorts of groups. But the, um, reducing it to um, the word invented, invented and in how um, the, the mind re 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 reduced itself to such complexity to so many myriads of complexity that the, the truth of who we are really got lost. And that's what the questioning ego mind is. It's like it's gotten so far away from its source that it's forgotten who, from where and what its power is derived. And I think this is how we got lost in the world. We projected a world outside of ourselves and then sought to complete ourselves by seeking outside of ourselves. So there's a perceiver, Judy, and she's incomplete because she knows she's left her source, but she's forgotten it. And so she projects 
her needs and wants, which she feels at from being in a state of lack or incompletion and seeking to, to fill and complete herself by things outside of herself. And that is the fear-prone um, state of the ego, the seeking outside of itself. And the, I love the um, part of the text where it talks about imagining, man imagined himself as he wished he could be rather than as he was and created by God as complete and whole and um, perfect. And that's where the distortions and the interpretations began. And that was what was described as the fall from our divinity and our grace, which never actually happened. That, um, you know, the invention of the world as we see it is an imagination where the image makers, that's how powerful our minds are. And in time, you know, we can change our image and we can change our environment according to who we think, quote-unquote, we are, but we can't change our changelessness. And that is the root of all our peace and all our happiness and all our unshakable beingness that is unalterable and in a constant state, a stable state, that um, is always already, always and already available to be known, that I can know myself as I am. In order for me to know that, I have to be at peace. That's the goal of the Course. I have to be at peace because that's the condition of my knowing who I am. I am the whole, total creation of God as one his one son. There are no separate parts. What is all and one is the same and not unlike itself. It's all spirit. It's all in a state of grace. And it's truly individable, undividable. It doesn't have separate parts. And nothing is different from anything else. So, you know, it's one is in, in complete, you know, to say opposite isn't really really accurate because who we are encompasses all that we we have created through perception, good or bad. It doesn't matter because it's it's just images, the dream, illusions, mirages in our own mind. And there is a line in the course that says, "The ultimate learning is to know that nothing is outside of you." There is no inner or outer. It's all in our mind, our one-mindedness, where there is no confusion, no conflict, and no lack. I just love this. One of my absolute favorite parts of the text. And, (laughs) you know, we can go about changing images on the outside, but we don't need to because we're already perfect. I love you all, and thank you so much for joining and reading together today. I am complete. That Thank, you, Thank you, Judy. Thank you. Thank you. Right on. Right on the spot, Judy. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Good morning. This is Sandra. And um, I have invented the world I see for me is about the only power that I really have 
and that's the power of decision. Um, you know, I was I was given faulty information, so the cognition immediately was was based in faulty information, and I had to cognize it first, and then I started to perceive based in faulty information. And now I'm being given the true information, the truth, and I have to cognize it first. I call, for me, the cognizing is, is, the, is resonance. It's like, yeah, oh yeah, that makes so much sense to me. But now I have to change the way I've been programmed, and the program has become sort of habitual. So it's a process. It's a process, and for me it takes a lot of repetition. But it's a process of letting go of how other people perceived me or interpreted me in favor of the way that God perceives me and interprets me. And that was a gift. That was an absolute gift for me because, because God was perceiving me the same way that I was truly perceiving myself. And it was a big, there was a lot of confusion in me because I wasn't perceiving the way other people were perceiving. So this was a real joy for me to come in contact with this information. But then it required that I apply it and apply it, and the application of it was dependent on my willingness to go into the unknown and have faith that this was truth and that it would work. Um, And that was a process also. And right now where I'm at is every time I get attacked or I start to feel really uncomfortable, like there's something not right here. I'm reinterpreting that based in the truth that everything is connected. All things work together for my highest good. This was, I had to not only cognize that, but then I had to integrate it. And so now when that stuff starts happening, I start to think immediately there's going to be a miracle. Not that there's something wrong here and I have to fix it, but that there's going to be a miracle. And I turn it over to Holy Spirit, and then I start to expect a miracle because of the truth of who I am. I'm one with my Creator. I'm one with all creation. And that's all based in my power of decision. And when I fall on my face, I just choose once again to pick myself up and align myself with the truth of who I am and the truth of what this world is. It's a reflection because I create it. (laughs) It's a reflection of what's going on inside of me. So the more I can clear that up, and that's a process because not only have I been uh, given faulty information, but all the previous generations were given faulty information. So... So for me to even think that that I can do this perfectly the first time is ridiculous. It's a process. And I can be gentle and loving with myself and keep knowing that my power is in my choice. My choice to align with the truth, cognize the truth, and let go of the old patterns and the old programming and the old information that was faulty. 
and forgive it. Forgive it, forgive it, forgive it. I'm complete. That was excellent. Thank you, Sandra. It reminds me of the... It's very inspiring. Thank you. This, it reminds me of the slogan for miracle workers um, that listen, learn, and do, that um, we listen to the truth, we listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, um, learn how to correct my misperceptions, and to do that is the only creative use of the mind that I have um, in, in restoring the kingdom to the kingdom. So if I perceive others as misperceiving, I can use the power of our one-mindedness to correct the misperceptions in others. And it goes throughout the sonship as one. That's our miraculous power. And and Christ inspires that and allows me to know that. Whenever my peace is disturbed, I can say I'm entitled to miracles today. Miracles, forgiveness, salvation, undoing, they're all the um, different names for the same word word with a capital W, the word of God, one son, one one emotion, one meaning, one purpose. Amen. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Hi, Hi, just a quick comment. Good discussion here. Um, so I have invented the world I see. Right. That's true. That's correct. And also, I have invented it in the past, which is a past tense um, sentence. But also, with the mind, which is the ego, the ego mind, I keep on inventing it. Every moment of my so-called life, my physical life, and that is why the world I see looks like a different world than the world I saw when I was three years old, because I keep inventing it differently because the ego mind wants it differently. I know he doesn't say that in there, but I am extrapolating that from the Course. But we are in the continuous process of inventing the world. I had to call back into the call. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. This is Diana. I just owe everybody an amends for Karen interrupting unbeknownst to me. My there, we had a storm here last night, that ice storm that took a lot of our trees down on our property. And I'm babysitting with my husband, my grandchildren right now that are teenagers. And so he went to check the property out and came back. And and it was on. I didn't realize it wasn't on mute, so I'm sorry. But I do want to. I was so 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 happy to hear Fran's voice today. So happy and. Glad you're back, Fran, sending you a virtual hug, and things don't seem the same without you, so I'm just happy that you're back. Thank you. Thank you. I second that. <laughs> Thanks, Fran. Well, uh, Fran, Fran said before the call that she had to leave probably right after the lesson, and she has. But don't change your mind. <laughs> yeah. 
a real blessing to have friends' clarity. And not that others haven't provided the same, but nice to have friends back. Good morning. It's Harrison. Good morning. Were you were you finished? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm finished. I'm just agreeing. Okay. Um, the course speaks to my mind, uh, both in the lesson as well as in today's reading and indeed throughout the course is to be to the power of my mind and it reminds me of how unaware I am of the immense power of my mind. Everything, and I mean literally everything, is a product of my mind. Um, I don't have to be Einstein or Freud or any of the, the famous minds that we know about. Uh, to recognize that all minds are the same. All minds are the same. All minds possess the same ability. And that ability extends to the creation of an entire world, and uh, certainly my experience in the world, uh, that's all a creation of my mind, and my mind is no more, no more powerful than anybody else's mind. I remember hearing the phrase, it's all in your mind. And while it was not intended to reflect the power of the mind, it inadvertently does reflect that my mind has created my experience. My mind has created my experience. I was following, uh, as we read today's lessons, I'm sorry, today's speaking, uh, the complete and annotated edition, which is uh, says that it's based on the original handwritten notes 
of Helen Chaplin had a, a, some different wording than the edition uh, that we are reading. It starts out by saying, most of the abilities you now possess are only shadows of your real strength. Your spirit knows, loves, and creates. These are its unequivocal functions. All of your present functions are equivocal or open to questions or doubt. That's reference, I believe, to the functions that I'm aware of. It goes on to say, this arises because you can no longer be certain how you will use them. You are therefore incapable of knowledge because you are uncertain. You are incapable of true loving because you can perceive lovelessly and you cannot create surely because perception deceives and illusions are not true. That's the state that I find myself in by believing that idea that I'm separate from God, that started a chain reaction that um, has, has it created what we see, created our experience as a body, all because of that one tiny mad idea. And the course is about undoing that idea. And the one phrase that it uses so frequently is a reminder of the truth of who we are. I am as God created me. If I could just accept, believe, accept that idea and not allow any other contrary idea to enter into my thoughts, then my whole experience would change. I would not experience pain, suffering, sickness, death. All of those experiences are products of that tiny mass idea. 
and my accepting that idea. So, what the Course is teaching me all through the lessons and the text is that you can you can let that go. You don't have to hold on to that idea. And you can accept the power of your will and the powerlessness of the ego thought system. And the text and the workbook are always designed to walk me through that process. Somewhere I read, I have invented the world I see. When I contemplate that idea, I have invented the world I see. Again, it speaks to the power of my mind. And if I just step back and accept that as the absolute truth, and if I invented it, I can undo it. That's the power of my mind. That's the power of my thoughts. I'm complete. Beautiful. Thank you, Harrison. Really clear, Harrison. Thanks. That was excellent. Thank you, Harrison. Really quick, this is Sandra again, and I can't stress enough the importance of my willingness to be in the unknown in order for this to work. <laughs> it's to have faith and trust in the invisible and the unknown. It's really key. I'm complete. It's really key in reinventing the world I see. I'm complete. Yes, I'm all down with that. Thank you, Sandra. Perception, all of perception is what my mind's learned from the past. And every thought is a thought about something that's already been experienced. It's like you can't think fast enough to keep up with the present now because time, thought takes time. Thought in and of itself fragments the totality of reality. So I have to be still. That's the closest I can come to knowing is being still and having a tranquil and open mind 
so that the truth can reveal itself to me. And of this I am certain. Thank you, Sandra. I am complete. Yeah, I love that, Jude, because the stillness has to come first before I get excited about the miracle that's about to happen. I'm complete. So I love doing the exercises. Every day, it's it's a it's a new miracle. I'm giving I'm giving to the to the Holy Spirit. I'm offering myself to Him to correct and give me a miracle. I'm giving Him myself and saying, I've got this idea. I'm going to carry it around with me today, and you're going to help me to see how true this is. That my thoughts make images and invent the world I see. And this is how I experience the truth of what I'm being taught in the Course, that I come to it with a beginner's mind and open mind and say, I don't know, I'm going to wait and see what he shows to me today. And as many times as I've done these exercises, the, the, the first month of these exercises has deepened and absolutely qualified the truth more clearly, with more clarity to me, with me, for me. And I'm not the one that's doing it. God in my mind, as my one mind, is revealing it to me every day. And But it takes an active participation in relinquishing, letting go, just relaxing my, my gaze and my relaxing my thoughts and letting my thoughts and my old beliefs go. It's like, how can I know the truth? If I, I think I already know it. <laughs> it's way bigger than what I can think. <laughs> I'm complete. Something else. This in the text about the mind and the confusion of the mind, um, that we can only know ourselves as I am, because that is all I can be sure of. I can be sure of who and what I am here, and I am here now, and I am aware of that, and I am aware of what I'm experiencing. But everything I'm experiencing is in of time. So all that I think is in time and all that I see is in time, all that I hear is in time, all that I sense and taste and touch and smell. All the sensations and perceptions are all rooted in time. And the Course has taught me this, that 
I am the stable changelessness that witnesses all that is within my experience. All that is temporal, all that is different, changing, um, ephemeral, coming and going, my thoughts, my emotions, my feelings, and all my sensations and perceptions, inside and out, are seamless, borderless experience, and that it involves the totality of everything. That, that experience is one God, God in, in one whole totality experiencing himself. And that is what love is. When the, the boundaries drop and the walls fall down, and I know there's no self, separate self, that's when I'm experiencing myself as love, loving everything else as an expression of love. <laughs> that's where it's at. There's no in-between. There's no distinctions, nothing to distinguish something from or being other than itself. Ooh-wee. I'm excited. Thank you. You know, it's Sandra again. It seems like no contest. You know, it's a matter of choosing between a world that's based in separation, control, and destruction um, versus a world based in connection, love, and miracles. I mean, but the one thing that's required is 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 a practice and and being willing to be uncomfortable for me as I go through the trans the you know, the transition, which we're all in actually as a planet and as a species, we're in this transition. You know, either we're going to choose a planet full of connection and love and miracles, or we're going to choose a planet full of separation and uh control and and, and devastation and destruction. But, but a lot of our, our species is comfortable in that second part for some reason. That's all they know, so they're comfortable in it. So for me, I have to be very patient and very kind and loving and compassionate for many, many loved ones, and, and they're all loved ones because I'm connected to everyone who are just not willing to go through the discomfort of changing their minds. And sometimes changing our minds can be uncomfortable, especially if I'm habituated into a pattern. I'm complete.
Well, this is Lemoyne, and uh, there are there are others we haven't heard from. But I don't want to make sure there is space for us. For anyone else who wants to speak, speak, and speak point. Well, um, y'all put me in mind of the special principles for miracle workers in the last chapter, where it says clear distinction between what has been created and what is being created. And all forms of correction or healing rest on this fundamental correction in level perception. And another way, number three, another way of stating the above point is never confuse right with wrong-minded. Responding to any form of miscreation with anything except a desire to heal or a miracle is an expression of this confusion. <clears throat> and uh, in the in the past, <laughs> I always saw that clear distinction between what is, has been created and what is being created as, you know, essentially the distinction between past and present. But there's there's another way to look at it, I think, at, which is to understand that what has been created is us. And what is being created is what we're doing now. And uh, <clears throat> in this, in this, uh, I, I want to call it recognition, not a, not exactly a perception. There's a recognition of some knowledge there about what this section is talking about, and all these levels and all the stuff we've introduced between the deepest layer of the subconscious, which could I am, it's, you know, maybe it's an assistant interpretation, but I think I recognize that the source within, that this is the thought that, that God holds of me, which is created, you know, for each of us <coughs> to generalize this is the thought that created each of us. And then the superconscious, which is <coughs> our creator. But it's not as if we introduced all this separation in there to the, to the point where we can't even see our own, see that we have been created as this relationship between the thought that created us and are created. And introducing all these other things, we lose sight of our own, of, of the divine nature of all of creation. Not just for ourselves, but everywhere we look. And uh, that 
<laughs> you know, there is a there is a great simplification available that y'all have, uh, have gotten gotten uh, to and pointed out repeatedly that this remembrance of uh, what what we are and how we w- were created uh, does change what seems important now and what can be created now as something is, you know, these things that seem paradoxical, like this is, it really is freeing to say, I don't know, as, because it allows us to enter into a state of constant coming to know, <coughs> which is, I don't know, uh, answer opens up the door for things like revelation and in the present moment. And uh, enables us to respond with right-mindedness. Nothing except the desire to heal. And first, first within so that it that the healing may be had to share. And, uh, you know, from my, one more time, this is something I'll go to again and again, which is, uh, you know, my sole responsibility is to accept the atonement for myself. And it clarifies all those, what I perceive as levels that separate and distinctions and aspects and degrees, it all then appears in the field of relationship. And that it, what I would hold as separate, <coughs> creating separation and absolute distinction is only known within relationship between our creator and us that created <coughs> and therefore is not cannot in any way actually separate them. It is all a relationship that's called for an entry into only uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm complete. And uh, is there anyone else before we close the recording?
Okay. Well, I think to close this call with uh, principle 36. Christ-controlled miracles are part of the atonement, but Christ's guidance is personal and leads to personal salvation. Paragraph 51 there. Remember that error cannot really threaten truth, which can always withstand it. Only the error is really vulnerable. You are free to establish your kingdom where you see fit, but the right choice is inevitable if you remember this. The soul is in a state of grace forever. Man's reality is only his soul. Therefore, man is in a state of grace forever. Well, thanks for being here.